Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Rushvina, Chief of Staff at General Catalyst, with prior experience in finance and early stage VC. And I'm Anvita, Senior Product Manager at UiPath with experiences across tech startups and venture capital. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple. Increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in the industry. Our guest today is Kelly Shaw. Kelly is a principal at Vestigo Ventures, an early stage fintech fund based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Prior to joining the Vestigo team, Kelly co-founded Alma Pact, now Stride Funding, while at HBS, a fintech company focused on disrupting the student financing market by investing in students via income share agreements. Kelly has prior experience in the M&A Ventures team at Synchrony and in business development at GE Capital, where she spent four years. She holds an MBA from the Harvard Business School. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today, Kelly. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Rashina. Excited to chat. And this is obviously a special episode because we've worked together before, so I've been waiting to have you on. Um, And I talked a little bit about your background in the intro, but by the time you had started HBS and eventually Vestigo, you had experiences in financial management, biz dev, M&A, ventures, and entrepreneurship. Can you tell us more about some of these career decisions and what led you ultimately to explore a career in VC? Sure. Um, so I would say first off, uh, in my career, I've always optimized for learning and development. So when I graduated from Holy Cross, uh, which is where I went for undergrad, um, I had opportunities on Wall Street, but I also had an offer from GE and their financial management program, also known as FMP, which is a rotational program that combines kind of both on-the-job experience, rotating through a variety of facets of finance with uh, formal programming and classes. And so because I came from that liberal arts background, I chose GE, which maybe was like the less obvious choice, if you will, because I just thought it was a great way for me to one, see a variety of different areas within finance, while also getting that development both formally and informally around hard and soft skills. And then as my career progressed, as I mentioned, kind of that optimization of growth and development, it's always been a core facet of my decisions. But I've also really just learned about myself and I'm really curious and I love to always be exposed to new and different things. And so as I was in a kind of hybrid finance risk function in Spain, I ended up moving back to the U.S. to take on an M&A opportunity in uh, GE Capital HQ. And one of the reasons behind that was one, kind of getting to see that very high level of strategic, but also all the projects that we worked on would end up being so different. So I got to kind of constantly be learning and constantly be thinking about what new opportunities might be present for GE and GE Capital. Um, Ultimately, actually sold off the bulk of GE Capital. And so kind of continued that into synchrony. And I, if you will, kind of fell into a role in venture. I'd, um, you know, kind of been hired for that M&A background, but it was actually a a role focused on investing or acquiring um, fintech, e-commerce enablement, or kind of healthcare intersected with fintech startups. And so that was my first exposure to VC 
just really fell in love with it. Um, again, the curiosity and kind of always getting to chat with incredibly interesting, um, passionate, very smart individuals was super exciting to me. But as I went to HBS and thought about venture, one of the things I think I realized was I'd always been at very large, very successful organizations. And I really wanted to kind of better understand that zero to one. And so that was a core driver um, beyond, of course, the passion I felt for solving for student financing. But that was a core driver behind the choice to co-found a company. Um, It was also a driver I'd spent time at like a a pre-revenue startup. And and so it was kind of continuing to round out, if you will, the experiences I had. So now I've seen everything from a very, very early kind of idea all the way to those huge public corporates. Thank you for sharing that. And that makes a lot of sense. And it's really interesting. It would seem to me also that GE was not the obvious, as we would say, um, choice out of college. But I love that you knew that what you wanted out of these jobs was this um, learn, the space to learn and to progress and to grow. And I think that's really cool that you managed to maintain that throughout the different career choices you made um, throughout the way. And Talking about VC, why Vestigo? Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, the firm's thesis, some trends, innovations you're excited about as an investor? Sure. First off, you know, Vestigo Ventures, we're an early stage fintech focused fund. I would say we take a relatively broad definition to that. That's everything you might imagine kind of falls into that fintech and that insure tech bucket. But we've also done a number of investments around more horizontal B2B software that has that more verticalized go-to-market, generally very focused initially on financial services or insurance. The whole idea is, does our network, does our expertise matter? Can we be more than just capital? Um, And I think kind of the that whole idea of the focus of the fund very much stems from our GPs. Our GPs have incredible experience, one super in-depth in financial services, the second across financial or across entrepreneurship, excuse me, and um, across AI as well. And I think that's really um, driven our focus areas. We've done a lot of investment, even historically, it feels cliche in 2023 to say this, but done a lot of investment over the past, you know, five, six years at that intersection of AI and, and financial services, just recognizing that this is a new technology that was really accelerating and that had meaningful impact uh, in the industry. In terms of why I joined Vestigo, I'd actually met the Vestigo team when we were uh, when I was at Alma Pact, um, and we were raising our seed round. And I think we had a half hour meeting that turned into maybe a two and a half hour meeting. They ultimately didn't invest, but I remember being very impressed by the questions they'd asked, by how deep they went. Um, got a great vibe, if you will, from the team. And so as I was kind of post-MBA thinking about my next role, really excited to dive into venture, I reached back out and it ended up working out to join. I think the other aspect that really excited me about Vestigo is, you know, we're investing out of fund two. It's still 
relatively early um, in the cycle. And so it felt like there was an opportunity for me to kind of play a bit of a leadership role to really help shape it. You know, it's a, uh, we like to say we're a bit of a startup as well, kind of constantly thinking about how we can improve. And as we just kind of discussed, I love uh, thinking about strategy and I love, um, you know, really feeling like I'll be somewhere where I can learn and grow. And and I've really felt that way about joining Bastio. So I was super excited when it worked out. That's amazing. And shout out to the team. Um, I've worked with them, so I know they're exceptional people. So I um, wanted to take a second to just give a shout out to them. Um, and the one thing I observed when, you know, I was working with a team is that um, you guys are very much in the Boston community. You said you're close to MIT, but you you make it a point to be involved with founders, whether it's on campuses or at different events in, in Boston. So I'm really curious if um, what drives you and the Vestigo team to lead such a community-driven approach to VC? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you know, we've done a ton of work on campuses, you know, Harvard and MIT, of course, because that's in our backyard, but a lot of work as well with WPI, Northeastern, Babson, you know, other universities in our broader Boston community. And I think a big drive of that is, is frankly, first, the recognition that Boston has an incredible pool of talent. And, you know, we're talking about universities here, which we've done a lot, but that also expands beyond the universities. You know, I frankly feel Boston doesn't get quite enough of the fintech credit it should. Sometimes when I go to New York, people say, well, you know, Boston, what's there? But everyone forgets, you know, Toast is here. Yeah. Um, Flyriders here, we have State Street, we have Fidelity, we have all of these really both kind of large incumbents as well as very successful startups. And there's a very vibrant, vibrant ecosystem. And so for us, I think playing an integral part of that, particularly from the earliest stages, you know, at the founding of Vastigo, there was a recognition that there was a gap in funding here at the earliest levels. Um and so I think that's one of the reasons that we're excited to play such a big part of the community. Thank you for sharing that. And some would say, honestly, you know, it's been a challenging market, but also kind of a recalibration from um, overzealous uh, market trends. So um, some would say there's still very much a gap in the early stage, um, especially in in Boston and the broader Boston area. So um, thank you for sharing that. Um I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the industry itself. Um, more specifically, what have been some of your observations on gender dynamics in VC? And what do you think is being done right? What do you think can be done better? Yeah, uh, topic very near and dear to my heart. Um, fun fact, I wrote my uh, one of my application essays for HBS about um, wanting to make an impact around gender dynamics in the VC didn't know that. <laughs> industry. Um, so in terms of observations, I think in the first one is that there's a recognition of the problem. And I think generally recognizing that there's a problem is the first step to solving a problem. And so for me, that's maybe the first part about what is being done right. And so there's more and more of a drive to have women in VC, you know, all raised is a great job of building community there. 
Um, I would also argue that that's maybe the next step. You know, we talk a lot about the need for more female founders, but the numbers in terms of the percentage of women um, getting funded is kind of stayed around 2%. Now there's some, we can, I've, I've spent a ton of time so we can really dive deep into this if you want, but there are some indications at the earliest stages that the funding is increasing, which is really positive. But ultimately, when you look at the high level numbers, it's it's frankly not gotten that much better. But that being said, I think that's where it frankly does start with representation in venture capital. It's been shown that women investors are two times more likely to invest in other and female entrepreneurs. And so having that representation becomes incredibly important. And I think I think that's gotten better. I haven't looked actually at the latest numbers, but I think that could still be better. And, you know, some of my observations, there's often a commitment to hiring, you know, to improving gender diversity, but that doesn't always play out in execution. And so for me, that's probably the the biggest next step, if you will. I like the fact that you brought up this um, point um, and I'd love to know that you've done actually a lot of research and, and data work on this, but um, it is true that it might be easier on their, it's still hard, but it's easier in the earlier stages for women to raise money, women founders to raise money. I was reading an article recently, but series B plus it starts getting tougher and tougher to get those follow-ons, especially in today's market. But you can't always blame markets because there have been good markets and it was still hard. So, you know, there's like a disconnect there. Um, so that's that's super interesting. Kelly, this has been a great episode. We love asking this one question to all of our guests on the show as the, as the last question is, what advice do you have for aspiring female investors? And these can be young women looking to break into the industry, women hoping to switch into VC, um, or even just thinking about it, wanting to learn more about it. Sure. Um, first and foremost, I think to become a VC, particularly in this market, I think you need to already be a VC. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but one advice I give to a lot of business school students who reach out asking me, you know, how they can land a job in VC is you need to be out in the market interacting with as many founders as you can. You know, whether you've decided you want to be more of a generalist or more specialized, have theses, go and talk to as many people also in large corporations and smaller enterprises on Main Street, you know, have a deep understanding of what some of the big problems that need to be solved are, and then go and figure out who's solving those problems and come up with, you know, some investment recommendations, maybe get to know a few VCs and send them some of those deal opportunities. You know, whenever I was interviewing where I found kind of the most traction or success, if you will, was when I pitched what felt like relatively unique companies or ideas um, that others hadn't met before. And so that I recognize is also very hard to do. And so I think also even I struggled with figuring out like, how do you get to talk to founders? Where can you find them? And that's a lot harder at the earliest stages. So some of it's also building up that what network. Maybe if you're kind of net new to technology, you start off in more of an operating role. You deeply understand um, kind of your startup's journey wherever you are. 
And, and I think there's a great communities across all um, parts of tech, whether that's FinTech focused, you know, there's some absolutely huge conferences, there's WhatsApp groups, there's great newsletters. And so it's really diving for me headfirst in and just kind of being that sponge that soaks up as much as you can. Absolutely. And I think the good news is the number of events centered around startups, founders, and VCs has only gone up. So even if you're not in a school setting, so you, you maybe you're not on campus with a bunch of founders that you can go talk to or a bunch of investors that you can go talk to, um, there are opportunities in um, different communities to engage with through those events or, you know, reaching out to those people who've, who've done it. So um, yeah. That's some great advice for sure. Um, Kelly, thank you again so much for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, pleasure is all mine. It's so great to chat with you again.